This is AgriPulse Open Mic. I'm your host, Jeff Nally. Our guest this week is Congressman Sam Graves, Republican representative of the 6th District in Missouri, a member of the House Transportation Committee and chair of the House Small Business Committee. AgriPulse Open Mic is brought to you by the Corn Farmers Coalition, growing safe, abundant, and affordable food in a sustainable way. We'll hear from Congressman Sam Graves after this from the Corn Farmers Coalition. Innovation, efficiency, and productivity. For America's family farmers, this is a reality born of commitment and necessity. Today, farmers can plant up to 43% of the nation's corn crop, an area bigger than New York State, in a single day, thanks to advances in machinery, management, and technology. Growing safe, abundant, and affordable food in a sustainable way is a great American success story. To learn more, go to www.cornfarmerscoalition.com. Innovation is growing in the cornfields of America. This is AgriPulse Open Mic. This week our guest is Republican Representative Sam Graves. The Missouri Republican is a small businessman and a sixth-generation family farmer. Graves has introduced legislation to rein in EPA regulations, supports free trade, and wants to see a resolution to funding for the Highway Trust Fund. He says the climate in Washington is now most challenging. Well, there's a lot of frustration, uh, to be quite honest with you, and and uh, um, and I know there's frustration too out there uh, in the public. And it was just so many things that are happening, so much um, that uh, uh, you know that, that people and, and members of Congress are aggravated about. You know, it, when it comes to the House of Representatives, just obviously working with the administration and having an administration of, that doesn't want to talk to you and doesn't want to work with you. Um, is is part of that frustration and that consternation and and so it's it's uh, I would say it's it's tense. Um, there are a few obviously good things. Uh, you know, we're able to pass a farm bill that's going to be very good for uh, agriculture and a long-term farm bill that helps out considerably. So some things happen, but but there is a lot of frustration. Let's talk for just a moment. We're coming up on the break for the August recess. The House has been much more aggressive with regard to spending bills. The Senate has done some work. How do you see this Congress addressing spending legislation, assuming it's not going to be done before the August break, that doesn't leave much time in September before the end of the fiscal year. It doesn't, and the unfortunate part is, is that ends up leading to you know continuing resolutions or short-term extensions, and that's been one of the largest sources of of uh, you know we use the term frustration, but that's what it is: is the fact that you have the Senate and and. And I hesitate to even use that word because there are so many in the Senate that do want to pass a budget, and it comes down to Harry Reid. You have one individual that refuses to have a budget, that refuses to place those spending constraints um, you know, into law. In the House, we pass a budget. We work through it. The budget provides that framework and those spending constraints, and then we come back with the appropriations bills, one for each agency and department, and we use those appropriations bills then to implement those spending constraints. Well, if there is no budget, if there is no... Uh, you know, individual appropriations bills, which the Senate has chosen not to do, then what that means is things like mandatory spending automatically get plugged in at whatever increase um, is called for. It just happens, and and that creates an out-of-control um, spending problem, and that's what it is in Washington. It's a spending problem, not a, a revenue problem. It's a spending problem. And so when you have House, half of the Congress um, refusing to do those um those uh, those budgets, um, it's 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 a real uh, uh, it's a real 
it's a real problem. Things start in the House and they go to the Senate, but still both houses have to sign the spending bills and the appropriations bills or the budget um, for them to become law and be implemented. It isn't just one side of, uh, of the Congress. The ag spending bill was on the floor of the House and was pulled. Uh, not likely to see that from the rumors that I hear from Washington, but the question would be, if we don't get it done before the end of the fiscal year and we go to a continuing resolution, then how does a CR work with the farm bill that we've just we've just passed? Well, and, and that is part of what the strategy is with folks who do not want to support um, the uh, uh, what was passed in terms of the farm bill and also don't want to support them what the, uh, the changes are that, uh, that we made in terms of spending cuts. Um, you know, and, and that comes back to the argument that we had this year. Um, you know, we're trying to be fiscally responsible and cut back, and agriculture is just one of those areas. You know, the unfortunate part is, is farmers always, we always step up to the plate. We step up and do what we have to do to, um, to do our part. And so we were looking at cuts um, in, in the agriculture budget, um, and this goes back to when we were putting together the farm bill. And so we decided to take half of those cuts out of the nutrition program, which is 80% of the overall farm bill, and we were going to take half those cuts out of the agriculture side, which is only 20% of the bill. So ag is actually taking a disproportionate hit. But regardless, we're going to split it up. Well, that traditional coalition broke down then. The inner city didn't want any of those cuts to come out of nutrition, out of food stamps, um, which, by the way, has exploded in the last six years. It's just literally tripled or more in size. Um, And it's not because we have more people than needed. It's because the administration changed the eligibility requirements. But it goes back to that argument. So what the House did was we said, all right, we'll just take nutrition out of it. We'll just pass the farm bill. And we had those inner city um, members of Congress from the east or, or west coast say, well, you can't pass it without us. Well, we did. And that gave us a very good bargaining position going into the Senate um, with the Senate then having a more traditional farm bill, and then we were able to ultimately work it out, and we took those cuts um, out of nutrition and out of agriculture that needed to happen. Well, we're still fighting that battle, and now it is it is over um, the actual funding of it, and that's one of the reasons why um, it was pulled back, and, and, you know, because we still have people out there that don't want to cut anything out of food stamps, nothing out of food stamps, and that is part of what's going to have to happen. Um, we're going to have to pare back some of those uh, benefits. There are many who would like to see tax issues addressed, and whether it's small business or agriculture, uh, one of those would be the Section 179. It fell off the table at the end of 13. Is this a lame duck issue? Yes. Um, yes and no. Um, we're going to try to get it passed and restored and put in there in an extenders tax extenders package that we're going to have. Being able to expense um, or uh, or double up on your depreciation, whatever, however you want to look at it, um, does more to help businesses and farms, agriculture, you name it, um, to expand and add or replace the needed equipment that needs to be done. It does more than anything else. Um, and it, it's something that we drastically need um, when it comes to trying to shore up this economy and trying to uh, move, uh, you know, move farming operations and small businesses and big business, for that matter, uh, to to move them forward. And and it is something we're going to try to do because we recognize 
those of us in the House, we recognize that uh, uh, that's a big part of expansion and, in turn, the economy. Many in small business and agriculture would like to eliminate the estate tax altogether. I understand some members uh, of the of the president's staff and, and others in Washington don't want to let go. Agriculture adamant that it needs to go. And that's, you know, unfortunate. And, and I used an example from a member that sits on my committee um, that has a real problem with uh, eliminating the estate tax or doing away or even paring it back. We have too many people in Washington that see that as Washington's money. And in fact, the comment was made in a hearing that I had um, dealing with the estate tax. And it was, well, how are we going to be able to make up that shortfall? How are we going to be able to, to counter that? And my question to them was, who is we when you make that statement? And the answer was, well, the federal government. How are we going to be able to make up that shortfall? I said, wait a minute. Nobody's ever asked these families how they're going to be able to make up um, the the tax burden that is placed upon them because somebody passes away. Death should not be a taxable event, particularly when you have um, businesses and farms that families have struggled to uh, to uh, increase, to grow, uh, to move forward um, through their entire life and pay taxes on, too, by the way, for the government to come in and say, well, you owe us money now because somebody passed away and that should not be able to be uh, transferred. That is just wrong. And so we need to take a look at this from people's um, standpoint, from their livelihood, uh, and the fact that death should not be a taxable event. And so we, there's a lot of folks out there that, that feel um, that this is the government's money, not the people's money. And that's kind of what we're up against and the battle we're up against. And they say agriculture is one of the big areas. Uh, and so many don't understand that, that uh, you know, in farms, you know, we work to make a living to provide for our family. Um, and on paper, it may look like a large a- uh, asset, but, you know, that asset doesn't become reality until you pass away. A few days ago, members of the GLP and the Senate Agriculture Committee met with EPA uh, Administrator Gina McCarthy, expressing their concern over the waters of the U.S. regulation that is proposed by that agency. You had a hand and an invitation inviting her to your region. Um, how do you feel about the rule, and how do you feel about the visit did it calm any fears or, or calm the waters? I don't think it calmed any fears. In fact, I think it made uh, it made things worse. Um, I'm very frustrated by uh, that that proposed rule. You know, and this is something that to me flies in the very face of what our government is and the separation of powers. Because here is a proposal. And some folks may remember that this, this isn't the first time this has been proposed. It's been proposed in Congress. And what that, that proposal was is to remove the term navigable out of the Clean Water Act, to make all um, bodies of water subject to, uh, subject to uh, 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 regulation by the EPA. Well, that failed. It failed um, to be able to become law which means those elected officials who represent their districts back home, that is the will of the people for it to fail. Then for an agency or an administration to come back and say, we're going to do it anyway, because they seem to know better or whatever the case, and they can do it through bureaucrats. They are not accountable to anybody. They are not elected. They don't have to stand for election. They don't have to answer for um, their actions. To come back and say, we're going to do it anyway is completely wrong. Um, it's absolutely wrong. This has failed. And if they want to change the law, then they need to work through the process. Um, then have Congress change the law, the people that are uh, that are elected. But to come back now and do this um, through administrative order or through regulatory authority, it's just flat wrong. And I'm so frustrated by it. 
Now, they would like to say that this isn't going to affect agriculture. It is. And when they use terms like significant nexus or waters adjacent to a regulated water, um, that includes everything. And ultimately, ultimately, somebody will come along in the EPA and will say, well, we, we have jurisdiction over this. We, we, can, we can have an effect on this. We can change this. We can, we can institute regulations on how a farmer uses their a pond or slough or ditch or whatever the case may be when it comes to watering cattle or or irrigation or whatever. Um, and, and that is a very, very dangerous thing, particularly when it has failed um, in Congress, in the body that's supposed to make the laws. Well, when we look at the EPA, the rule is proposed. They do. There is a comment period that is ongoing. Unless Congress steps in, the rule can go into effect. Do you see enough of a majority in this Congress to override? There is a majority in the House of Representatives to do it, but if it can't even be brought to the floor in the Senate, then it makes no difference whatsoever. So the ultimate goal is still accomplished um, because because Congress, the House and the Senate, um, you know, if if only half of one of those bodies, if only half of Congress, you know, passes it, the House of Representatives and the Senate doesn't, then it still will go into effect. And that's the problem that we have uh, have at this point. And Harry Reid refuses to, you know, bring things like that to the floor because he doesn't want his members to have to vote on something that could be controversial um, that they could lose uh, lose an election over. At the time of our conversation, the Senate is set to be considering the patch for the Highway Trust Fund to keep it functioning uh, into August and beyond. Uh, Congressman, your thoughts on this Highway Trust Fund? I know you said on the Transportation Committee, where's the long-term fix that would allow this to function and keep the infrastructure of the country solid? Well, that's uh, obviously what we're debating right now and going through, and, and one of the things that you know we obviously want to do is use oil and gas um, royalties, leases, uh, on public land uh, to be able to help fund that, which there would be more than enough money uh, to be able to do. And it is also directly tied then to um, our infrastructure, to highways and bridges, because ultimately that is where, um, for instance, oil um, you know, ends up being used for is diesel fuel and, and uh, uh, gasoline. And so it's something that, uh, that I think we have a fix for, but hopefully we can get it through. The problem is, is you have a group in, in Congress in Washington that obviously don't want to perpetuate or expand, uh, you know, energy from uh, oil and gas. And so it, it creates that problem out there. In fact, there are some in Congress that would just as soon see the internal combustion engine go away altogether, which creates an even bigger problem, obviously, when it comes to how you have a highway trust fund because it's all fulfilled through gas taxes, and, and the biggest part of it is. And obviously now we're trying to, to supplement that. But, uh, but that's the debate that's taking place right now and will probably bleed right on into next year. When we think of this legislation, then, is the fix in this Congress, is the fix in the next Congress, or is it one of those that we continue to bat about for a period of time, uh, patching from time to time as needed? I think that we'll patch it at least from time to time. Now, the good news is, is the chairman of the Transportation Committee, Bill Schuster, um, he was able, for instance, to take a very controversial bill, worded the Water Resources Bill, and was able to come up with a very bipartisan uh, way of doing it and moving it forward and trying to eliminate the the roadblocks or the pitfalls um, ahead of time. And he's going to do the very same thing with the uh, uh, with the uh, uh, highway bill moving forward. And, and I think he'll be able to accomplish that because he does work well. 
um, with both sides of the aisle. The Senate may be a little bit different. We'll see what happens. But I will predict right now that the argument will be between the House and the Senate. It won't be between Republicans and Democrats in the House of Representatives. Uh, I think we'll get the majority of the problems worked out. What does it take to change the climate to bring immigration reform to the table and to conclusion? The biggest thing, and, and you know, even using the term immigration reform, and that means so much to, to different people, um, amnesty, um, some people see immigration reform as amnesty, which I am not an amnesty person, and the majority of the House of Representatives do not like uh, amnesty or want amnesty. Um, trying to expand work visas, and that is people come to this country legally and obtaining a legal work visa uh, is, is something that uh, uh, that could be worked on. But the problem is we can't even get to those that point. We, as a country, and the administration refuses to even enforce the laws that we have when it comes to immigration. Um, and if we can't even enforce the laws we have, it makes no sense whatsoever to you to uh, you know to, to pass new laws or to make changes. And and that's what I would call on the president, and that's what would help more than anything else, is just enforcing what we already have on the books. Let the Border Patrol do their job. Let the legal system do its job. But, um, you know, we're never going to get anywhere um, with this attitude that we're just going to close our eyes and turn our back and pretend it's, you know, it's we don't have an illegal immigration problem. Our thanks to this week's guest, Missouri 6th District Congressman Sam Graves. AgriPulse Open Mic is brought to you by the Corn Farmers Coalition. Growing safe, abundant, and affordable food in a sustainable way. To learn more, visit www.cornfarmerscoalition.org. For AgriPulse, I'm Jeff Downley.